Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. I am Doug Keck, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, for another edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that features the best of mothers' live show questions from viewers over the years and her powerful and insightful responses that are just as powerful today. Great to be with you once again, Father. And with you too, Doug. And, you know, recently we had some beautiful Vietnamese sisters we're actually stationed in New Orleans, and they came here because the network means a lot to them, and they like to make a retreat here. And I gave them a tour, which they had never seen, and we actually stopped here in the radio studio, and they just so enjoyed it. And they told me that they listen to our radio programs, and uh, the, they watch the network, and how much it means to them, too, just in supporting their own vocations. I hope you plug this show in particular. <laughs> I did. I said, oh, this good. is where we do it. This is where it happens. <laughs> Our topics uh, for the rest of the show, gaining a plenary indulgence, don't write off other people's salvation, serenity is trust, and first up, the beauty of Our Lady's yes. You know, Mother talks uh, beautifully here of how all creation just was silent at the moment when Our Lady had to, with her free will, say yes to God's initiative to be the mother of the Lord. And it really reminded me, of course, of this beautiful reading we have of St. Bernard of Clairvaux during Advent. It's on December 20th. I just want to read a couple sentences from his homily that he gave. O tearful Adam with his sorrowing family begs us of you, O loving virgin, in their exile from paradise. Abraham begs it. David begs it. All the other holy patriarchs or ancestors ask it of you as they dwell in the country of the shadow of death. This is what the whole earth waits for, prostrate at your feet. <laughs> and so Mother brings that out as Bernard does so poetically, that this was the most awesome moment in all of human history, and it was Our Lady's free will by which she said yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great image. Remind me of an old commercial where they used to say, what E.F. Hutton says, and then everybody stopped and was listening. Oh, yeah. It was kind of the same, but in a, a much more supernatural yes. sense. <laughs> that's a good way to put it, yes. But you think about that's really true, because it's the most awesome moment in all of human history that the Savior of the world would be born for our salvation. And it hinged on Our Lady's Yes, she had a free will because only, as Mother says, only a robot can be programmed to say yes, but only a person who is free can say truly yes. Right, and, and it's only in your freedom to say yes or no that you display true love. Yes. So let's say yes to the Lord. Amen. The beauty of Our Lady's yes is explained by Mother Angelica. So now we have a call. Hello? Hi. 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 Where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. What is your question? I, um, I have a question. You're talking about um, the, the beauty of Mary saying yes. Yes. And what I'm wondering about is if she was born without original sin, was she also born without free will? Ooh, could no. she have said no? Oh, yeah. She could have said no. Our lady had free will like you and I. Otherwise, we'd be robots, wouldn't we, huh? I don't want to be a robot. We do not give honor and glory to God if we're robots. 
empathy. God, because of his awesome majesty, gives us free will. See, because God has free will. He can do anything he wants to do. Our Lady was full of grace. That means full of God. St. Peter says in his epistle that grace is a participation in the very nature of God. That's what baptism did for you and I. Through faith, hope, and love, the Trinity began to dwell in me when that priest poured ice water on my head. <laughs> See, he, I was baptized. Our dear lady was pure and holy, without sin, without original sin, from her conception. But see, Our Lady was so holy that it would have been very difficult for her to sin because she, she had special prerogatives. But she had to will, she had to say yes to, to the Father's will. And I always have a little thought about that moment. I, I think, I think that when the, all of heaven had to be listening real hard, I think every tree, every leaf stopped shaking. I think the wind stopped. I think even the sun and the moon stopped. Everybody, without knowing it perhaps, just stopped for a moment in total silence, waiting until this woman, the woman, said, be it done to me according to thy will. Yeah, I think Our Lady, with all her grace, many theologians, many spiritual writers say my, our sweet mother couldn't sin. Why? Because she was so filled with grace. It really doesn't matter to me. I go by what she said. And she never once offended God. Our Lady had everything we have. That's what makes her so beautiful. Even at the cross, she said yes to the Father. And what, what, what I marvel at at Our Lady, she didn't even have a place for our Lord to be buried. And even there, she trusted in the providence of the Father. A stranger, at least to her, comes along and says, I have a new tomb. I, I would like to put him there. I mean, her trust was so perfect, so perfect. So you, you can trust Our Lady. She was awesome, and she still is. Next up, gaining a plenary indulgence. Now, this is one of the most confusing things mm -hmm. many times for Catholics to understand. To have no attachment to sin in order to receive the plenary indulgence. And that does not mean, as Colin Donovan spelled out uh, many years ago, I remember, I think it was around the year of mercy, perhaps, that it doesn't mean that we don't have any inclination, but it means that we're not holding on to something. So we want to be free of this, even if it's going to be a process of giving up this particular sin and being totally free of it. It doesn't mean we don't have an inclination, but we've made that decision that we want to overcome this, even if it's going to take a process. Right. I think Mother's got a great line in there about going to heaven and, and saying to the Lord, you can't just go there and say, Lord, you caught me on an undetached week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bad timing here. <laughs> Bad timing here. And St. Augustine talks about the reality of how it takes time sometimes, because in his confessions he says, why do I always say tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow? Why not today? Why not today? 
And then he receives a special grace. Take and read, take and read. And that was a moment that just changed his life through God's grace. Well, you know, St. Paul always said, why do I do the things that I don't mm-hmm. want to do? Right. You know, it, it's very difficult. Most of these attachments are, are accretions over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you took them on over a period of time. They usually take a period of time to eradicate themselves, right? So a habit gets developed for good or for bad. You're going to have a habit toward vice. And it will take time, but it can be overcome as you develop the opposite habit of the virtue, the opposite virtue. And what is an indulgence? What does that mean? That means that we are free of the uh, punishment due to our sins. And so I always like the illustration of a boy who throws a baseball through a window, and he goes and he says, sorry, and they say, okay, but now you got to fix the window, right? So there's got to be this reparation, this repairing of the damage done by the sin. Okay, very good. Gaining a plenary indulgence. We have another call. Hello, Mother Angelica. My name is Teresa. I'm also from Rhode Island. Oh, wonderful. What's your question? Um, I, I looked forward to the Jubilee year all, all last year. Um, in order to receive the plenary indulgence, one of the requirements is a detachment from sin. Um, I, I, I end up feeling like, uh, is there anybody actually going to get the plenary indulgence? <laughs> Did I hear right? <laughs> well, there's all kinds. Of, did she say discipline? Huh? Oh, you should be, or you're going to. <laughs> See, uh, you have to be uh, detached from your sin. It may be a slow process. I don't know what kind of sin you're talking about. There's all kinds of sins. There's gluttony. You eat more than you need. Detach means you can get away from it. You have to get it. You cannot be detached from sin just during Lent. <laughs> That's a, 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 a contradiction. If, if you have a habit of sin, any kind of grievous sin, you've got to be detached forever. You, you, you can't die, go to heaven, and say, Lord, you got me at my undetached week. <laughs> you can't. If it's a grievous sin, and there is a grievous sin that we call mortal, used to call mortal sin, and you know it, it, it separates you from God. You, you have to stay away from it. And that's what it means being detached. You've got to stay away from it. If there's any venial sin, you have a habit of lying. Oh, you say it's not a big lie. It don't hurt anybody. But it's a habit. A bad habit, and and there's no, you know, there is such a thing as venial sin. And when you go to communion, and offer that communion for your venial sin, they're wiped away. You got to know that. But detachment from sin is a necessary thing in Lent and outside of Lent, because we're just kind of on a a wire, you know, and we're just kind of going this way and that way, and you don't want to fall. 
So uh, detachment has to be a constant thing. Um, like if you tell dirty jokes, you don't want to keep, just stop for Lent. See, that's bad, because you offend God. Now you can stop for Lent trying to hope to get you out of that habit. See, but you can't just do that. So if you feel you're attached to a grievous sin, you, you've got to go to confession, try to get the indulgence, and then from that moment on, no more sin. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two, Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck, as always, with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Next mm-hmm. up, Mother is dealing with a question about not writing off people's salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, I remember this uh, man that I talked to at the shrine. It's interesting how at the shrine I often hear stories as I'm crossing the piazza there. And so this man had been away from all faith. He'd just kind of given up on it all. And he had neck surgery, and he was just bedridden and going through the channels, and he started watching EWTN. And he thought that truth was really unknowable. But then Father Benedict Rochelle and Father George Rutler were on different programs that got his attention. He began to listen, and he said, you know what? Truth is knowable, that our intellects are made for the truth. That's funny, because those were two of my favorites when I was mm-hmm. in New York, when I first started watching EWTN, too. Uh, absolutely. And the idea of don't write off other people's salvation, we think of you know Monica with Augustine and any mm-hmm. of the others, just the idea that you keep praying no matter what. You just don't know. And mm-hmm. there's a great line when Mother talks about something I remember Father Benedict talking about, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to uh, Faustina and Divine Mercy right. in that sense of that, that fraction of a second mm-hmm. when you're dying to, you know, that Jesus gives you this extra chance one extra, to beckon you to make right. that last change of heart. Because he wants your salvation even more than you do, even more than your loved ones do. He wants your salvation. He's going to give you every opportunity. doesn't mean that we're casual about that, but it means that we can have confidence for our loved ones, and we need to persevere in prayer. We only got a, a, a 10 seconds, but did you ever hear the story that she tells about the going to see the brain den young man? Um, no, no, I have never heard that before. Okay, well, we'll all hear it together. Mother <laughs> Angelica, don't write off other people's salvation. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. Charlie from Northern Kentucky. How are you? What's your question? Okay, I got a son 25 years old who was raised Catholic, and he got married a couple years ago in a Nazarene church, whatever they are, because I refused to go to the wedding. And uh, now, months ago, I found out he's becoming a Baptist, whatever they are, because I'm died and woke Catholic. My question is, is he forsaken his Catholic faith? Is he living in mortal sin? Is he on his way to hell in a handbag? Nobody knows that honey, because we don't know his motivation. We don't know his light. Nobody can judge that even if he seemingly died and without the Lord. See, there's a there's a time time frame. 
Uh, a person can be unconscious. And the doctors can say he's brain dead. That happened. A very good friend of ours some years ago uh, fell from the top of a roof, fell right on his head. And I went to the hospital, and the family called me, and, and I went, his head was so big, so big. And it was obvious he was going to die. They put him on a machine, and um, it, it, took, it looked to everyone he was already dead. And I went up to him, and I whispered uh, in his ear. Now, he was on all kinds of machines to keep him going, heart machine, everything. I whispered in his ear uh, prayers of repentance, prayers for God's mercy. And I, I prayed the prayers of the dying and, and told him, I, I pray the angels come for you. And I, I made acts of contrition in his ear. And suddenly, suddenly, from this one eye came the biggest cheer I ever saw. Not exaggerating, it was as big as this thumb, that big. I knew he heard me. Now everybody said, no, he's brain dead. But I knew he heard me. And he was sorry. So, you see, we don't know, honey. You can't. I would pray for him. Sometimes people leave the church because they've been scandalized. We don't know. We don't know. If he deliberately, you see, we don't know that either, deliberately did not stay in the church for some reason, if he did not love the Lord, if he did not any of these things, you see, there certainly would be cause for for question, but we don't know. And I would not write him off. I would pray for him. There's that moment I've always felt. Father Groeschel told me the same thing. There's that moment between the finality of death and death that I think God in his infinite mercy takes one more chance. God died for me, died for you, and he wants us to go to heaven. If we don't, it's our fault. We don't want to go. So I, I wouldn't write him off. And closing out this week's program, serenity is trust. Really, how does that go together for us? Well, it means that we are trusting in God's providence no matter what happens, that as Mother puts, puts it, he put his stamp of approval on it. And really? that either he permitted something or he ordained it because he saw that ultimately he would bring good out of it, a greater good out of it. Hard for us to see sometimes, but we really do have to trust in God's providence. And, and I think and you've probably seen that with other people and, and even in our own life, the, the idea there are certain times, even through difficult times, when there is this mm -hmm. sudden serenity mm -hmm. after you've kind of agreed, this is how I have to go forward with this, and I'm going to trust in the Lord that whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and mm -hmm. I still love the Lord. I saw that really in Mother, too. You know, at the end of her life, she's bedridden for eight years. She was quite frustrated, you know, that she couldn't speak like she wanted to, and I was with different meetings, and she's trying to speak, and she can't get the words out, and it's just really frustrating. But there was really this serenity that came across those last years of her life, 
And it was like this acceptance of it all and offering it all. Absolutely. One of the great voices of Catholicism in the 20th century, being silenced like that, had to be frustrating. Serenity is trust. We have another call. Hello? Yes, hello. Yeah. I would like to ask you one question. Mm -hmm. I would like to know, how do the sisters receive serenity? Is it through years of prayer and meditation? Well, serenity comes to everyone through that assurance you have of knowing for sure. See, we know a lot of things, but we're not sure. Everybody said, yeah, I know God loves me, but do you really know that? Is it a conviction in your heart that comes to your mind when you're in need, when something happened, when there's a tragedy? Does it fill that hole? Hmm? I think serenity comes to all of us when we accept the will of God with joy. With joy. And, and not the kind of joy that's happy, happy. The kind of assurance that comes, I know, I don't like what's happening, but it's okay. Somehow, for some reason, God put his stamp of approval. He either permits it or ordains it. Either way, if I accept it with love, then I think serenity is either there or around the corner. Because most of us are always kind of unhappy over everything. For some reason, if it's raining, we want it to be sunshine. If it's sunshine, we want it to rain. If, it's if I can be happy or joy-filled with the present moment, which means what? Content, content with the present moment. Then serenity of soul will be nice. Try it sometime. Try to see Jesus. When Holy Father Francis passed a leper one day, he, he, just, he just ran away fast. He, you know, kind of got his horse to go as fast as he could. And then he stopped and he said, wait a minute, what am I doing? So he backed up and he got off of his horse and gave the leper his coat and kissed him. And he said he felt such freedom. I'm not saying we should do that, but the acceptance of God's will at that moment lifted his soul high because he overcame himself, see? And sometimes to bring serenity to my soul, I have to forgive. I have to forget sometimes. I have to really respond to the present moment rather than react to the present moment. I think if we all try that, we should have that serenity. And serenity, if I had to put serenity in one word, I would say trust. Perfect trust. 
For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.